Hi, this is Laura Bulgreen, and today we'll be reading Matthew 27, verses 32 through 66. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. The soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of the religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he's the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we'll believe in him. He trusted God, so let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the revolutionaries who were crucified with him ridiculed him in the same way. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. And about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah, One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. The Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened, and they said, This man truly was the Son of God. And many women who had come from Galilee with Jesus to care for him were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. The next day, on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request, we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. 
I have read this passage through several times before sitting down to record this podcast. And and I found myself wanting to find some really interesting nugget to pull from the story, something something specific to reflect on or to challenge our way of thinking. I find that as I approach scripture these days, it's often with a thought in mind, what have we been missing or what might not be readily apparent in this story? So I wanted to mine for those treasures in this story too, to, to bring something thought provoking to our imaginations on this day. But honestly, over and over again, as I read this text, I was mostly just struck by the heaviness that I felt in my heart. Reading this story over and over again, that's what I was left with, was just a, a deep sigh of heaviness. Because Jesus died. He actually died. Many of us love a good twist at the end of a story, something unexpected that turns everything around at the last minute. You know, I, I sometimes get kind of stressed when I watch superhero movies because I know that part of the point is that things are supposed to seem hopeless so that the hero seems extra heroic when they manage to pull something off to save the world at the end of the day. But sometimes in, in a really well-written story, you know, there's that moment where you just don't think that anyone could possibly turn it around. And I find myself nervously watching and waiting to see what will happen. But then it happens and everyone's amazed and relieved and the world carries on. And reading the story of the crucifixion, Jesus had his opening. There's, there's a sense of me wanting to wait and watch and just like in the movies, think like, what's going to happen? What is the big turnaround that's going to happen right now? Because here's Jesus on the cross and people who had been singing his praises not long before were now mocking and shouting at him, challenging him to come down from the cross if he was indeed the promised Messiah, if he was who he said that he was, challenging him to do this thing And what a shock and what a story it would have been if Jesus had waited until the last minute and then in front of everyone, removed himself from the cross, come down from there and visibly conquered the authorities that had tried to destroy him. But that's not this story. Instead, we're invited to witness as Jesus endures the mockery and abuse and remains on the cross. Instead, we're invited to witness as people test Jesus, challenging the truth of his claims and asking him to prove his power while he remains on the cross. Instead, we're invited to to witness as Jesus, the one who was promised to come and save the world, actually breathes his last and dies. I think there are so many times we want to skip this portion of the story to skip this part of the human experience. We'd like to move right over the part that feels like death or the parts that actually are death and ignore all of that while we embrace eternal life. Thank you very much. And we test and challenge God sometimes. If you are really in control, you would stop the chaos that's happening all over the world. If you are really good, you would heal this disease. If you are really the son of God, you would come down from that cross. But Jesus remains. Jesus died. A couple of years ago, I heard a statement that has really stayed with me. And it said that Christianity isn't about immortality. It's about resurrection. The difference is so striking to me. Because immortality would presume that we are invincible. 
impervious to suffering and immune to death, but a faith that centers on resurrection, that's a different thing. That acknowledges that we will not be able to avoid suffering, pain, loss, or death, because the very God we say we follow experienced all of those things. Instead, our faith invites us to acknowledge the hard and sad and dark things, to recognize that Jesus keeps his company there, and to trust that that will not have the final say. So God, as we reflect today together on what this meant, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, may we feel invited to recognize the places in our lives that still feel hard, that haven't yet experienced your resurrection power that haven't yet experienced the dramatic transformation or turnaround and help us to know that we're not behind. (laughs) We're not missing something. We're not, we're not necessarily wrong in anything that's happening, but to just stay in this place, trusting that you are here with us, trusting that you keep us company as one who has also known grief and suffering and loss and death. Help us to trust that you won't leave us here and that this won't have the final say. Amen.